Didn't the Pharisees have it out for Jesus? Or were they more like Nicodemus of John's Gospel, curious and searching? Maybe they were Herod double agents, ready to report back on Jesus' plans and whereabouts. It's really hard to tell whose side they were on in this exchange in this week's Gospel reading. And what about Jerusalem, that place of promise and religious reverence that rejected the very ones sent to it by the one they sought to worship? Why wouldn't it accept the guidance and care that God so longed to give? Why did it have to learn the hard way? Then there's Herod, the character who was the bad guy, murderer of John, the one beheld by pride to his drunken promises. Even he was not entirely beyond being used by God to further salvation history. Herod sought to see the one who was healing and raising the dead. Did he seek to see Jesus only to kill him? Or was he curious about this miracle worker? The only unwavering one in this narrative was Jesus. He was direct and clear. Go and tell that fox I'm going to keep right on casting out demons and curing today and tomorrow. I will leave, not because I am afraid of Herod, but because my mission requires it. This little exchange had more layers than any suspense movie. Those we thought were the enemy did something seemingly helpful. The place that was the pinnacle of the faith was also ground zero for the worst sort of betrayal, cruelty, and violence. The bad guys may have had hints of humanity in him somewhere. The ones who thought they were calling the shots weren't, and in fact they were going to be put to use by the one truly in charge of the plot. Jesus was Jesus, on a mission, unstoppable and unwilling to stray from the vision he set out in the first sermon in Nazareth. Jesus certainly wasn't keeping it a secret in this exchange. Jesus didn't deny Herod's intent. He simply made it clear that the where and the when wasn't up to Herod. Herod may have thought he was in control, but God was the author of this plot. I admit, I like Jesus talking to some Pharisees like a teenager. You tell Herod he's not the boss of me. Eyes roll. I want to cheer a little and say, Oh, snap, I guess he told you. It is satisfying to see some righteous indignation and some truth to power, and I want to remember the scene when it appears that Herod has his way. And so Jesus would go on with the mission to bring good news to the poor, proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, and freedom to the oppressed. The scripture will be, has been, fulfilled. During this second week of Lent, when earthly powers all all over the place calling the shots, rolling over the vulnerable and trying to tell the Son of God to get out of town or else, hear that nothing will stop the will of the Most High God, not even a death march to Jerusalem. 
in the throes of our own chaos, the illness, the worry, the fear, the ambiguity, the uncertainty, the morass within them of corrupted good, that God is God is God in the midst of it all. Nothing anyway can we can, anyone can do, not anyone can do, will thwart the love of God that has come to save us. Nothing. So stay focused on God. And don't worry about the foxes. The Pharisees are the rebellious people in Jerusalem and beyond. Jesus is Jesus, and he's the one we are to follow. While all of this is true, I wonder how the people of Ukraine, whose homes have been destroyed by missiles and bombs, who hear air raid sirens throughout the day, who travel countless kilometers to find safety, who are sick and starving, would feel about my message this far? Would they feel more secure, more hopeful? Would they? Do they believe that God has a plan for them? Would they? Do they believe that the plan of the fox in this situation cannot ultimately prevail? Would they? Do they believe that God's love is still with them? There are Ukrainians who have talked about how their faith is helping them get through the destruction of so much of their country and their lives. I have seen some worshiping in the midst of rubble and death, holding on to a hope that God will not forget them. If they can believe in God's promises in the midst of the ravages of war, can our faith not withstand whatever comes our way? In the face of what will we be willing to follow Jesus? The hen with outstretched wings, gathering her young, willing to give her life so they may know the gift of eternal life. Following that example of self-sacrifice, what are we willing to do? What are we willing to give up for other children of God? More than a quarter of Americans are more concerned about higher gas prices than trying to encourage Russia to stop the atrocities against the Ukrainian people. I'm afraid that this clip from last week tonight with John Oliver is closer to our attitude than we would like to admit. CNN, during its coverage of air raid sirens in Kyiv, somehow found a way to make it even worse with this terrible transition to break. And a little bit of chicken pie. Get five bonus wings for one dollar with any handcrafted burger, only at Applebee's. Yeah, I mean, it's not. From air raid sirens, warning of impending doom, to chicken fries in tight jeans. Is this who we are? During this Lenten season, look into your heart, knowing the love and gift of eternal life from God. Let us follow the example of Jesus 
on his mission of self-sacrifice for God's children. Amen.